You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 34, A Fresh Perspective on Responsibility with Lori Rhodes. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hey, Tuner. I hope this episode finds you happy and well. Maybe you're driving or getting ready for the day or taking a nice leisurely walk. I hope you're doing something nice because you're going to really enjoy this episode. It's just going to add to the loveliness, I think, of your day. In this episode, I interview and have a conversation with Lori Rhodes. Lori is a certified biofield tuning practitioner and instructor, and I thought I'd have her on the show, number one, because students were requesting it, (laughs) and number two, because Lori always has so much amazing wisdom to offer. You'll hear in the episode that I actually uh, suggest that she writes a book because everything that she's dishing out is just what's the word? Um, It's powerful. Like her words are powerful and the way that she thinks is amazing. And I just admire her and I would love to um, spend more time with Lori. Uh, Lori and I did schedule a sort of part two of this podcast um, series. We're going to be interviewing her again in November. Um, She's going to offer us even more wisdom. So I'm looking forward to that. Before I have you listen, though, I want to remind you that um, we're doing the diversity, equity, and inclusion training starting this Friday, October 15th, 2021 at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And these workshops are going to be taking place the next three Fridays. So it's the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th. And they're being led by Dr. Trish DeRocher. And I I just want to tell you that I, the, well, the reason why I want to do this workshop is because I don't know what I don't know. And when it comes to this topic, um, my ignorance really seems to take hold and it puts me into a place of um, fear and doubt and guilt and all of those things. So I just really want to open myself up, explore who I am, number one, and just get really curious about um, what I don't know. So I'm looking really forward to that. Um, There will be a portion of lecture of this training, but also a portion of discussion and sharing. And if you're wondering if there's like a day that you can't make it, don't worry. Um, The lecture portion will be recorded, but the sharing and discussion portion will not because we just really want to create a safe and sacred place for us all to share. So whoever you are, wherever you are, you are absolutely invited there. We can't wait to see you. Oh, and I should mention that we're doing this for a really a nominal fee for only $88 for all three 90-minute workshops. So don't miss out on this. This is going to be a great opportunity. I will post the link to sign up in the show notes, but if for some reason you can't get there to the show notes or the link, just email me at me at jillianfaldmo.com. I'm always around for questions and any clarification. All right, without further ado, here's Lori. Hey, Lori, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, it's been a while since you and I have seen each other, ever since I moved from San Diego and, you know, classes haven't been in person. So it's just really nice to see you, even though nobody else can see you right now, but I can, and it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I miss our in-person time and our presentations and the fun that we had. So once again, hopefully that will surface and we can do more of that. Yes. This too shall pass, right? So can you, um, for those that don't know you, can you um, give us a little bit of your background and tell us about you and how you came to biofield tuning? Oh, sure. Well, I've been interested in holistic kind of modalities and integrative medicine for most of my career in nursing. 
And that has been about 43 years. And I just recently retired from that allopathic arm of nursing. Yeah, so that's been interesting and really moved more into working more with Biosona and biofield tuning and curriculum development and some fun things. Um, but I, I actually came upon Tuning Forks about 12 years ago uh, and just using this beautiful modality vibration to treat vibration. And it came upon from a couple of different teachers that I had studied from. And then in San Diego, uh, right shortly right after Eileen had published her first book, Tuning the Human Biofield, I met her at a local retreat. And it was kind of a science and spirituality come together retreat. Uh, lots and lots of great minds and many, many beautiful opening and evolving modalities. And when I heard her speak and I kind of felt her practical nature and her authenticity, her integrity, I immediately went and got one of the books that she bought, brought and um, purchased that and then ended up speaking with her. And things kind of unfolded into a relationship where I helped her uh, set up in-person classes here in San Diego. And I said, well, I will uh, help you set up all of your classes here if I can attend anyone and everyone. And she said, <laughs> sure. And so it was sort of this um, kind of impromptu uh, uh, um, apprenticeship. And so every class that she had, I just stayed and I hung out and I learned. And then when she had her first formal a class here in San Diego, which I think she brought you at that time, I think you and, and Angela, mm -hmm. uh, then I participated in that and kind of moved through into being a teacher now, an instructor and loving it. My background is many things, um, kind of Egyptian mystery school formats and Reiki <laughs> and healing touch, um, just as well as most of the healing arts. I think I've worked with the infirmed for maybe not just this life, <laughs> maybe many, many lives. So uh, it's been an um, amazing journey. And I think what's unfolding before us uh, is our true nature and working with our true nature and allowing that template to really do its magic and work through. So it's been just a pleasure and a privilege. Yeah, I, I think what students love most about you, Lori, is the, the way that you think about health and healing and um i remember you saying a few years back like one day what, what did you say one day we will not have like illness like what did you say well, i know you still you've still said it i still say it i you know in my meditations i absolutely see a world without illness or accidents mm -hmm. And if, you know, if we think about that, those are things that jolt us, wake us up, stop us in our tracks, bring us to the present. There's nothing like a, a really profound disease state or an accident where you, you stop everything, time and space stop, you're in the moment, uh, and something is waking you up, right? Something is knocking you hard. And I think it's been there for a long time in the field, whispering at first. And by the time accident or illness arrive, it's time. It's time to pay attention. So if we can find those little messages before, you know, while they're a whisper, before they have to be a shrieking siren, uh, we'll avoid all of that. And that's how biofield tuning kind of fits in. And just being able to really be aware of our own field and what's happening in those subtle energies uh, before they have to really kind of clunk us over the head. Yeah. To pay attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah getting smacked with the spiritual two by four type exactly. of scenario. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's sometimes that has to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, pain is a great awakener. And uh, for some, it, it's startling and abrupt and sometimes necessary. And it passes and you learn through it and you become stronger and you know what your resources are, what your resilience is, and you learn how to come back into that stability and into that homeostasis. It's really, the, you know, homeostasis is seems a little more static. I think we're more a little more dynamic. I think we stay in homeostasis, but then ultimately sort of move out of it and come back into it and move out of it and come back into it. But it's certainly um, a, a middle point 
kind of that central still point. Yeah. Okay. Now I have to ask you to repeat your um, the uh, responsibility. Um, your thoughts on on that. When we come back to center, we're more responsive, right, to the moment. Yes. But you just have such an awesome play on words. I want to. I want to like pull them all out of you right oh. now. <laughs> well, you know, when we come to, yeah, we do. I think that's part part of what we avoid. You know, when we swing way to the right or the left, even in the biofield anatomy. You know, those kinds of listing all the way to the left or the right, where we can find lines all the way down someone on the right or the left, and sort of get hung up and stuck. But coming back to that center point really brings us back to the moment into a very, very profound and precise state of responsibility because in the present moment, we have the ability to respond appropriately. And it is a keen sense of responsibility because with it holds all of the consequences of our discernment, our choices, and what we're bringing forward. Uh, when we're aware that our choices are kind of throwing a net out in front of us for us to walk into. It's a high, highly responsible state mm -hmm. and um, things happen very quickly. So if there's a choice that is a little bit, I'll say, um, has missed the target a bit, we feel it immediately. That's responsibility. And so it's, it's really important to know that as you become more integuous, you become more responsible. And again, it's just the ability to respond instead of react. Yes, yes. I've been going through something like this myself lately where I've been super reactive as a parent. Um, and I got tuned yesterday and my my responsiveness is is now on. Like I'm, no, I'm not already, like I'm not as reactive, I'm more responsive and everybody's having a nicer time in the house. <laughs> It's really great. <laughs> oh, yeah. When mom's happy, they say that, right? When mom's happy, everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's, you know, I noticed it myself. I was like, I was like, man, I am just reacting after, you know, I'm just like this, this hothead walking around the house. I need to get tuned and come back to center and take responsibility. Stop blaming everybody else for, you know, how I'm feeling and, and make these choices. Yeah, isn't it interesting that when we react, we take, just like you were saying, there's that blame, we are reacting to something in the field, something in that's, that's kind of there, a story, a meaning, a belief, some sort of construct that we've created and applied meaning to, right? Usually it's a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. but it's, it absolutely deflects our own responsibility. You know, as you just stated, I can blame, I can shame, I can put it onto something else. Mm -hmm. And it's in those times when we have to say, hey, I'm not being responsive. I'm not being responsible. Yeah. Yeah. It takes yeah, a, yeah, a lot of courage, too, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's been like, you know, I know what it feels like to be centered and to be responsive um, to the moment. And so when I'm not, I'm like, okay, how do I get back there? But yeah. Thank goodness for tuning. Thank goodness we have this amazing tool to help us with that. Isn't it interesting? Have you found, though, that, um, you know, it, if you look at your kind of life of tuning, right, since you, before you were tuned and then since you've been tuned, and you look at other times, maybe before you even knew about biofield tuning, where you were so reactive, and how long it took you to become aware even that you were being reactive, how long you kind of stayed in that sort of um, kind of ditch or in that, that, that spinning wheel, right? Like a truck trying to get out of something where the wheel's just spinning. Sometimes it was months, at mm -hmm. least for me, you know, and, um, and relationships kind of took that turn too. There would be months and, or, you know, long, long periods of time. And as I've been tuned, um, it's like those times of awareness that just like you were speaking of, it's in sometimes now minutes, hours, certainly no more than days mm -hmm. that I will, you know, tolerate it. Mm -hmm. I'm so aware my awareness is on that center of me is, is kind of beaming. And so it really shines light in a much, much shorter time period. And so I don't spend as much time there. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about biofield tuning 
and yeah. tuning in general is yeah that awareness is quite short we take responsibility much quick much more quickly yeah because we're so aware that there's another another way another yeah. choice and we're yeah, like why no i don't want to keep this suffering going <laughs> yeah yeah we're and we're just too we're much more exquisitely tuned into our own middle way our mm -hmm. own center it's like wait a minute i know exactly what that feels like just like you said and i'm not there yeah yeah and we now have tools to get back there oh i'll get a tuning or oh yeah. i'll go walk in nature or whatever it takes to uh kind of get that communion is what i call it back online you know yeah. we are always communing with that part of ourselves and just like a good friendship if you don't give your friend any attention, if you just stop calling your friend and there's no more invitations to lunch and there's no more little notes and, you know, just attention, it sort of withers and it becomes kind of in the background. Whereas if you really feed a relationship and grow it, you know, anything that you feed grows. And so as you be, you know, kind of develop that relationship with that part of you, uh, it just becomes much stronger, much more lively. and and just like a good friend, it becomes responsive to you. Now you have a relationship, but you have to build it. If you don't pay attention to it, you don't have that. Right. So. Oh my gosh, that that made my brain go in all kinds of directions because I think with you know COVID and pandemic, and it's funny how I think you either with this pandemic you either have increased your connection and with yourself and your relationships, or you've let some of it go. And maybe there's a middle point in there. But um, yeah, that was just that was a really, I, I'm sure that people listening were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How often do you cultivate the relationship with your what I call genius self, your central channel, your divine template, right? That which we are made from. You know, that that kind of which, um, you know, when we're tuning, uh, sometimes I ask myself when I'm tuning because I'm just so in the moment, what is it that knows I'm hitting a dissonant area? What, what, what is that? You know, what is that awareness? Where is that coming from where I, you know, there's this sort of, oh, this kind of, I, I, it's like I'm, I'm hitting something or I feel something. My eyes can't see it, my physical eyes. And yet I know that I'm in this area. What is that? And when I kind of just relax into that, kind of surrender into that, whatever that knowing is, whatever that space is, that plasma field, um, wow, it's just, it takes all the pressure off. I get out of my own way and I really allow just the conversation of the field, the fork, the person that I'm working with myself to just flow. I'm just sort of animated by it instead of animating it. Because when mm -hmm. I'm trying to animate it, then I'm in this kind of control mode. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't feel great. No, no, <laughs> no. It's really much easier to, to kind of relax and surrender into it. Yeah, awesome. So tell us a little bit about your practice and how it's sort of evolved since well, yeah, well, you know, yeah, for those starting out, you know, I, I was working full time um, as a director of nursing. And so this was sort of on the side. And I don't even really know now when I look back how I was doing kind of three jobs. I was, you know, doing kind of teaching biofield tuning. Uh, I was doing presentations, you know, teaching the community, doing other health fairs. I had a little small independent practice and I'm got this full time job. I'm like, I, I don't know how sometimes I don't know like, how you did it either. <laughs> um, but for those starting out, just to let you know, I, I do have the, the, um, the bones, the skeleton of a website, it's called uh, biofield vitality. And I have not done anything with it except, you know, purchase the domain and I'm, you know, want to work more with it now. But my clientele came from my listing on biofieldtuning.com as a practitioner. And uh, it was not just students, it was people that were finding me uh, just from the community at large that kind of would have read Eileen's book or just heard about biofield tuning. And I really um, 
kind of got a lot of clients from just that without having any other website developed. And then in the community, really connecting with other practitioners. Um, I have an acupuncturist friend here where I live and uh, massage therapists and all kinds of people. I would start trading and even sharing a little bit of their space. So I would kind of sublease to do in-person tunings. And then by word of mouth in the community developed actually more at one point than I could even handle. I was booking weeks and weeks out because I only had certain time frames that I had carved out mm -hmm. and those built up and I realized, wow, I think I need to uh, start to move out of this allopathy and carve out more time. And so it just developed over time and, um, and it kind of morphed as well into uh, more exploring for me, you know, starting with the standard kind of model and the techniques that I've learned and then just noticing things that would happen. And that has continued. And what I mean by that is just noticing what would show up in a session and then being curious about it and saying, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder. And I'll just share something that's happened recently because it always continues to unfold. Yeah. And so recently, you know, kind of due to the world at large, most of my practice is remote. Uh, and I love that. I also do see a, you know, a handful of um, people in my community and people that drive a couple of hours, actually. I'm always so, I feel such, so honored when somebody will do that. I'm so grateful. Um, but recently I was um, just conducting a session with a hologram of a woman. And as, you know, just as a standard model, and when we conjure up, you know, the hologram or bring it in because of what we know, we lay it on a table or before us uh, face up, right? Because that's how most people are laying in a standard session, unless we're starting with the back or working really uh, acutely in the back. So, you know, her hologram's laying there face up and I'm coming in and her, as I'm combing in, her hologram keeps flipping to prone, keeps flipping to prone. And then I will, flip, you know, again, I kind of got in the way. I'm like, what's going on? And so I would imagine it flipped back and then I would rest into that space again of just letting things happen and it would flip again. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go with this. And it's a hologram. I'm always worried because of my sinuses and being, you know, face down. But I thought, oh my gosh, the hologram is so amazing. That's how I started working with organs too, which is a whole nother, a whole nother little topic. But I said, all right. And I let her know what was happening. And I said, I'm going to work with your hologram prone. And I'm going to drop into your back energy centers, right? Yeah. And, and let's just see what happens, right? And it was the most profound session. Uh, amazing, amazing. And calming through that back uh, and dropping in. And again, it's still the present moment, right? It's, it's just the receiving end of the present moment instead of the broadcasting mm -hmm. into the present moment, right? So it was really, really beautiful. And since then, uh, I have decided, uh, oftentimes I'll get circles, you know, in the hologram all the way up. And so I'll ask the pendulum, do you want this session prone? Do you want to be, you know, you want the energy dropped into your receiving kind of presence? And it'll say yes. And so I will do that. And so I'm asking now uh, what, what yep. the, um, the person. That's so wants. funny because I've been doing that too. I'll, I'll call them on the front. And because I had an experience where I don't remember how it happened, but the body just told me, hey, we're going to comb or we're going to comb prone. Yeah. Um, so now I I check the chakras and I get wherever I get a line. I'm like, OK, do we want to comb from the back or front? And the body tells me if it's back or front. <laughs> Is, and when did that start happening? I always think that it's in the morphic field. Yeah, it must be. Right. So I'd say it was probably two to three months ago. Yeah, that's about when mine happened. That's funny. <laughs> and I thought, I bet this is happening to other folks because mm -hmm. it's, it's, I always, you know, kind of settle myself before a session in the morphic field, the biofield tuning to get, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like you have, you, you plug into the cloud, you know, when you have that cloud, like if a lot of us have our pictures stored, you know, in the cloud. Uh -huh. our memories, our pictures. And it's like, oh, I want to turn that on, have it at, at my access so I can look at any picture I want and fill myself with that memory. And so I plug into the biofield tuning cloud um, before a session and then things happen. And so I always figure I'm going to ask 
other profession, you know, other practitioners and professionals what they're ha what's happening. So I'm so glad that you're experiencing that, and I think it really does speak to uh, that opportunity that we have of all of this beautiful information in the field and yeah. really using it to our advantage and to our clients' advantage. That's what it's there for. That's what we're building and contributing to. So absolutely. Yeah, so it's it's good to get curious, stay curious. Stay curious. Not just, I think Eileen and I had this conversation on the last um, episode, but um, there's really no right or wrong with this work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there's cautions we want to take, like calming the crown chakra <laughs> the appropriate way. But for the most part, like, it's just one big discovery. Yeah, it was kind of like, I think some students have heard this story, but it, I still do this. Uh, when we were first started working with the hologram and we can tune our own hologram, my earth star, my hologram, the first time I tuned my earth star was the toughest earth star to adjust mm. that I've ever had. So I'm, I, you know, and I think people will find when they work on themselves, some interesting curiosities that arise. Yeah. And so I was working on my hologram and then I thought, well, wait a minute, if I can work on my hologram, my hologram can work on me. Mm -hmm. And so I just programmed my hologram to um, tune me every morning at 530 AM. And so the next morning, you know, just kind of out of the blue, I awoke, I looked at the clock, it was like 532 and I could feel this buzzing and I'm like, oh, it's happening <laughs> tuned by my hologram. <laughs> And it was just so cool. And so I let that happen. And why not? You know, yeah. let's play with that. We can really yeah. Yeah, be creative and uh, so much potential in the field. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I did that for myself, it was, I was in, in my bed in Vermont and I had actually two of my holograms working on either side of me at once. And I, ah. like, part of me was like, wow, I'm totally crazy. But then the other part was like, what? <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that cool, though, too, to kind of, you know, embrace that for a minute and just kind of let that settle and recognize that we are, you know, in this time space continuum, we are everywhere at once. We can be everywhere at once. And to me, just being a nurse, knowing the body, uh, knowing how my cells are, how our cells are in the body, I think of sentient beings, you know, our, the, just all kinds of beings, humans included, um, as cells. We're just cells in one body. Mm. And, you know, I wouldn't really want my kidney cell to function in my heart. That would really not work very well because my kidney cell is sovereign and exquisitely designed for its gift to work in my kidneys. And my heart cells are exquisitely designed to do what they do in the heart. And that's how I look at people. We're all these different cells. And yet I don't think any cell in my body, well, I'll, I'll, make, I'll have a caveat here, but when we're functioning and we're, we're really flowing and we're, we're in homeostasis, our cells work very collaboratively. There's no cell that's blaming or shaming another cell. There's no cell that wouldn't reach out a hand to help any other part. If my big toe gets stubbed, you know, and I, every, every cell and every part of my energy goes to the big toe. You know, it's like, we're here to help, mm -hmm. you know? And they all work collectively. There's no secrets. There's no hiding of anything. There's no shaming, blaming. They all work in this beautiful field. And I think that's exactly what we are and what we're moving to. There is a set of cells that are very secretive and are very hoarding, and those are known as cancer cells. Mm -hmm. They isolate from the rest. They don't play in the sandbox with anyone. They steal off other blood supplies, and uh, they're very dissonant. And so that just to me um, is kind of just an energy signature of things that kind of can really go awry and, uh, become it's it's really a big huge pile of misunderstanding a lot of meaning attached to just energy in general that that is not the truth and it kind of develops its own a life of its own so to speak 
and those are kind of the things that we can find in the field. Yeah. You know, they've just been there a long time with lots of beliefs and conditions and programs um, that aren't really um, spinning with the river, right? Mm -hmm. They're kind of moving against it. So it's very, very interesting. And of course they do offer, um, they do offer us insight if we care to look and figure out, ah, what, what happened here? Right. What mm -hmm. is this? Yeah. Yeah. And then have you thought about writing a book? <laughs> I think you're probably the 12th or so <laughs> person to say, are you going to write a book? Um, I think now that I have more time, um, there's kind of a, it's so interesting um, because I almost want to, I'm, I'm starting to read fiction again, interestingly enough. Yeah, I haven't read right. a lot of any fiction in a while. And I've had a lot of really interesting experiences in my life. Uh, that go beyond uh, this space and time. And I think I was thinking, why don't I just write a fiction book, but bring all of my kinds of thoughts and, and oh, that would be fun. Yeah, it would be really fun to kind of write it in that uh, vein. And um, why not? I mean, aren't we all writing our own fiction all the time, every day? Yeah. What else are we doing? You know, right. We have our blank slate, our blank pages, and every day we write a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the end, when we are, you know, physicality is removed, uh, the only, the only uh, kind of thing that keeps us going is, is the story about us, right? I think about, you know, people that have passed in my life, and I talk about the stories that I had with them, and it was really just written down fiction mm -hmm. because when we think back on our lives, really, uh, you look at yourself and you see a picture of yourself when you were a baby or a four-year-old or a 15-year-old, where did that person go? Yeah. They're vanished. Yeah. Right? And yet they existed. They were just as real as I am right here, you know, touching blood, flesh and bone, and yet they're gone. And so I think uh, we are all unraveling this, this beautiful story. And so every, every moment can be a communion with that, you know, that, that beautiful responsibility and really touching upon ourselves in ways. And, and it, it's honestly, I think just the ability to uh, discern and to create choices that are in the kindest interest for ourselves, for others, kind of the change that we can affect uh, right in the realm of our own biofield and just a little bit beyond. If everyone did that, like, like that's just what a cell does in my body, right? It does its own thing and then everybody else, all the cells around it also do their thing and then there's this beautiful chorus and the symphony, you know, of Lori or Jillian or, yeah. you know, it's amazing. I love thinking of it in those kind of terms, not, yeah. Yeah, it's all, we're all one and so that, that, but that kind of that cloud of biofield tuning kind of extends beyond and beyond and beyond to so much of what we are capable of pulling forth within ourselves from that what I call genius part. But I think it does take um, a pretty robust and um, active voltage and, you know, really a, a working central channel. There's some clarity there. There's some movement and there's space for it to come in. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's not all that noise. Yeah, we really, you know, if we try to tune into a radio station and we love the song that's there, but it's covered with static, it, it's hard to discern and it's hard to enjoy. Yeah. We can really tune into it with clarity. We can dance and we yeah. can move to it. Love it. That's what we do with biofield tuning. Yeah. You know, creating that. And then, and then people really just discover their unique sovereign gifts and what they are bringing to themselves in the world. And it's just so beautiful to watch. I love it. <laughs> yes. Discover and embrace and express. Yeah. yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Have gratitude for, you know, mm -hmm. when, you know, people do speak a lot in these days of the suffering and, you know, um, 
they kind of, we, we can we can kind of put our focus there for a moment and I, I think it's okay we shouldn't have our heads in the sand I think we should know um, the clues that are uh, around us because you know it's in me if it's happening in the world it's also happening at some level within me mm -hmm. um, but I think also what we can do when we are in that is we can flip the spin you know if we're really kind of I know uh, my, I'll just give an example my husband <laughs> love me but he's out of town right now and in the little community we live in in Alpine, we're not masking. We don't put masks on. It's it's kind of nice that we have that opportunity. Although I, I feel as though um, people that, um, I want to respect people that want to put a mask on. I also want to respect those that, you know, may not want to. And so we have both. We yeah. have that choice point. But there are places where there there is not that choice. Yeah. You know? And so he's kind of enveloped in that. I'll give an example. He had to fly on a plane and everybody in the airport and on the plane, you know, is masked. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it's just a kind of a discernment that's taken away from you. And he said, wow, I, I'm, I can't believe all this, you know, this masking. And I said, well, and he, I, he's just kind of, he goes like, and he, what he said was, I regret not driving because he went up to Northern California from Southern mm -hmm. California. And I said, well, why don't you just, instead of regretting not driving, just appreciate what you have at home. Turn that mm. into appreciation of what choices you do have. Yeah. Right? And he just flipped it and he goes, oh, that's better. I can breathe. Right. And so it's kind of like that in all of the dissonance that we come to. It's like, wow, what is this showing me that I can actually appreciate? Yeah. How can I flip this spin? That's what it's there for. We're constantly giving ourselves clues. Yeah. It feels so much better to flip that spin in the in the direction of appreciation and gratitude. Yeah, yeah, and it's available, you know. And again, once that road is taken, then we have the responsibility, right, to create more acts of appreciation, more acts of kindness, right? Yeah. I I can no longer walk down the road, or if I'm entering a grocery store or wherever I'm at, if there's a piece of paper or some kind of trash on the sidewalk, I can't pass it by anymore. I have to go and pick it up and put it where it needs to be. <laughs> because if, if I don't, it, it kind of settles in my, I know it's going to settle in my biofield mm. because I had, a, I had a choice point. I had a present moment awareness to be responsible. And if I don't take it, there it sits in my biofield. Right? Mm. There it sits. Oh, you didn't take that that time. And I will feel it all day long. Yeah. Right? I and do that with grocery carts now. If there's a grocery <laughs> cart that's out of place, I go get it and I put it in place. And I think it's because I heard it on a podcast once. Like, like, be excellent and put your grocery cart where it needs to go. I'm like, okay. So now I'm doing it when you know, I do it with mine, but if there's one in the middle of the road or, you know, close to my car where it shouldn't be, I'm like, well, I'm going to put this one away too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, think about the times that you don't or that you decide not to. What's going on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's right? like a think about, uh, your field, think about your thoughts uh, that preceded that. Excuse me. Were you in a hurry? Were you distracted? Um, you know what was happening and and just ask why why couldn't that in that moment i just be present take responsibility right what was i thinking what was mm. happening it yeah. gives us the opportunity to reflect as yeah. well yeah love that yeah yeah bring bring consciousness to what was maybe unconscious absolutely that's a beautiful way of putting it and that's what we do we are bringing consciousness to where it previously was unconscious that's what we're sort of doing even when we're tuning, right? We're pulling consciousness through, which is a light, right? Mm -hmm. It shines on that, which we had previously kind of tucked away or put in the dark. So, yeah. Ooh, motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> I thought I heard your dog dreaming too. Is your dog next to you? My dreaming? dog is dreaming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have discovered when I teach, um, uh, and this is interesting too, speaking of discernment, and, and the difference between pushing away and just allowing and relaxing into something um, that I was teaching and I was barricading my door, you know, I was closing the door and then I was putting a gate up so that he wouldn't enter 
you know, because I was afraid or had some fear of him barking or making noise or these little, you know, beautiful sounds. And one day I thought, what am I, there's so much resistance here. And now when I set up to teach, I just put his little bed next to me and I had a, yeah, I had a little conversation with him and he just sits here now and, and rests and there's no resistance. And it's like, wow. Yeah. We can breathe, you know, and it's so much easier for him and for me. And yeah, he's not constantly scratching at my biofield. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should try that in the office space before this, you and I were talking about, I got an office space and sisters to do in-person sessions. And I did a session yesterday. It was at a distance, but there was all this clamoring on the second story, you know, walking and barking and talking. And I just felt in my body like, oh, like that resistance come up. And I didn't, I didn't want it to distract from the session, but I was also adding to the distraction with my own energy of being like hyper-focused on it. Um, anyway, I wonder if it would, before we terminate the lease, having a conversation with the space and I don't know, seeing if it's something, something energetically can be done, like a container can be held for those sessions. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a talk with their dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, interesting, Jillian, I, and this is interesting when I'm tuning too, I think everything that comes up in a session is part of a session. So yeah. oftentimes I'll hear sirens and I think a lot of tuners do. Yes. Mm -hmm. They'll hear sirens or all of a sudden in the middle of a really chaotic spot, there'll be a barking dog <laughs> outside yep. or some kind of crip level. Um, one time I was tuning and literally, I mean, it just went up and down the street, which I felt like I was in the 19, I, I was not born in the 19, well, I wasn't born in the very late 1950s, actually, the very end here. <laughs> But I do remember even growing up in the 60s, the ice cream carts, they don't have them much anymore. They may have them somewhere in some little towns, but yeah, you can hear here. the little, yeah, they do have them there. Yeah. Oh, I love that. In smaller <laughs> towns, the ice cream cart comes and you could hear the, you know, the music it played and you knew the ice cream man was coming and there it was. I was tuning and just, it would not, I'm like, is this thing going up and down the street? I mean, <laughs> it would not leave until we acknowledged it. Oh. And I said to my client, I said, well, what does this bring to mind? And she went into this and, you know, this, we were in this stuck spot and she remembered this, this kind of incident, this time with this, you know, with an ice cream cart and ice cream and what it meant to her and what it provided for her. It was this beautiful kind of memory and just bringing that forward that it really brought her inner child out, which she had so suppressed out of fear and, and kind of purpose, right? We, everything that, that happens in the field at one point in time is purposeful, mm -hmm. right? It happens for a, a purpose and, um, you know, it can be a misunderstanding, but it, it's what the body, what the, that archetype, what the personality is doing to self-preserve. And so, you know, she'd really tucked that part of her away. And wow, when we started speaking of that inner child and brought it forward, the whole field just enlightened and brightened. And then all of a sudden that cart just got a little bit <laughs> softer and softer and softer and went off into the distance. And I'm like, I love it. hey, no longer needed. And so, so just think about that, Jillian, just listen to kind of what's happening in the, in the space too. what's coming up in a session or even for you. Right. The, yeah. The yeah. I, I, yeah, I should, I should do that. Actually, there was a session in my own house, not that long ago where, oh my gosh, it was like all this chaos broke out at once in the house. Like someone came to the door the guys were talking outside right outside the window the dogs were barking it was like it was madness but it was also really chaotic in the field and i don't usually get ungrounded during a session but this this one like lifted me right up off the ground i was like whoa and i had to like i had to pause the session and be like okay whoo gotta ground that was a lot but it was interesting how it was like it was like positioned perfectly in the session because I had just hit this pocket of complete chaos in the field. But, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> that yeah. was pretty amazing. So yeah. Okay. So I'll try that in those sessions. Just yeah. In the office. I, 
because you know what we're finding in the field is being broadcast amplified by right by the fork and our own yeah. intention and it's not just being broadcast to our you know local kind of biofield but to the environment at large you know and we can even look at that kind of the world events and what's happening you know yeah. is, is that which is within us is being uncovered and revealed that consciousness is coming forward that more awake awakened state of being aware and responsive in the moment and yeah we're we're shuffling a lot of things to the surface i always I, another way that i look at things in the biofield um jill is when i'm working with something and a client that's um what i call you know one of those stubborn weeds you know when you're trying to pull a weed and you don't yeah. you don't want to pull it too hard because you know that the, you're going to snap the stem and the root's going to be left you know so you have to kind of dig around it a little bit make it soft and use your weighted fork right to get that soil kind of lifted and um and just a little bit looser and then gently sometimes it's just with the gentleness of of awareness and consciousness kind of pull that forward but what i the way i in in my opinion and what i see is happening with that is again that concept of flipping the spin so here comes the weed right here comes whatever is on top that needs to be revealed, that needs to be pushed up and out. And so my thought one day was, well, what's pushing this up and out? What mm -hmm. is, what's the energy underneath that's mm -hmm. trying to come mm -hmm. through? Yeah. And it's generally the opposing antidote, right, to what is happening. So, you know, if there's extreme, this extreme, you know, kind of um, even resentment or, you know, this uh, anger, uh, oftentimes what I find is coming through it is this beautiful virtue of um, humble forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. This energy that's coming through, this humility, this forgiveness that's that's pushing up. And, um, and, and so that's what is being revealed with the forks. You know, as we can kind of gently lift what is coming, what has covered it, you know, we flip that and then what's coming up from under it, ah, that's what you hear in that beautiful bright tone. It's like oh my gosh you know here it oh, is wow. it came yeah up. so everywhere in the field when something is coming up like that i kind of listen for or at least um become aware of what's underneath pushing it up because that's really and, and you know what wants to come forward and sometimes the weed has to be tended it doesn't always happen in one session sometimes it's just that you know getting that soil loose underneath it and kind of popping it up just a little. And then another session, which we call layers, you know, it's coming in and it's like, ooh, that weed is lifted a little bit more, right? We've given some space underneath for what wants to push it forward. Yeah. Um, and then by that magical session, you know, as things kind of collide, all of a sudden, boom, it comes out and you get this beautiful tone. So that's how I kind of perceive layers when I'm working in the field. And, um, and even on those, those stories where, you know, folks will say, gosh, I've worked on, you know, I've, this always comes up and I've worked on this a million times. And there's, there's always that other underlying something that if it's still coming up, it's like, Ooh, well, what virtue is wanting to be birthed yet? Right. Yeah. Still, you know, coming forward or what is wanting to be even clarified even more, you know, yeah. for that person. So um it's very very interesting and um and then you pretty much look at the person and you see that what i call this beautiful meadow it's like i just behold the meadow when i'm done with a tuning and i'm standing at someone's feet and i'm holding their feet i call it beholding the meadow because i look at all of these beautiful flowers that have been able to pop up now right and oh, wow. you know from every so it's this it's like and then it just gets prettier and prettier and brighter and brighter and and everybody's meadow is different yeah. Yeah. Different expressions. So, oh, wow. I'm going to give that a try too. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And yeah. yeah, just, and that's why it's important. I think also when, when we do kind of quote, pull that weed or that, that dissonance kind of, you know, alchemizes and shifts really have some intention to, of what's filling it in, whether mm. that's coming from the person and that virtue that's arising and birthing, or the help of this beautiful coherent tone and light, yeah. you know, to really help birth that and fill it in. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like to leave whatever drawers is what I call them. You know, once you kind of 
move through something without that extra little attention of what's filling it in I kind of leave it, 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 it to me it's like well it's whatever it's empty it's like an empty drawer and whatever can fill it I don't know if I really want whatever you know to fill it you know I have I want to have that more conscious and more intention and more responsible yeah right intention yeah 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 because I can imagine you know leaving space for something something new to grow it could be be anything yeah, yeah another you know invasive plant or <laughs> a beautiful rose bush yeah yeah mm -hmm. but have the intention for i always have the intention for um um that space to be the most filled with the most benevolent and mm -hmm. effective and efficient and um coherent uh kind of vibration to the sovereignty of that individual Mm -hmm. whatever that is and again um if like you say if it needs to be filled with another weed um to offer more clues so be it right that in itself is also charity yeah uh, i have you know, we can't really define what charity is um ch you know uh people's sometimes oftentimes people's suffering is their greatest charity mm -hmm. what they learn from so yeah 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 but, having that curiosity of wow um like i said what's pushing for what's pushing up underneath it that wants to really birth its birth itself yeah is what i hold mm -hmm. yeah. okay so maybe with the last 10 minutes or so um there was a question from a student about uh the sonoma health fair healing fair they did years back where you did a modified approach of a um adrenal reset and so if you could talk about that, I think that that would be, that would be great to offer some inspiration and new ideas and creativity. Yeah, I think, um, I think if you haven't worked with, or done a, a, an adrenal reset with clients recently, uh, I think it's a really good time to do an adrenal reset. I think also the forks that have been established in biofield tuning, even the newer forks, the Fibonacci, some of the the um, newer tools are super effective with adrenal resets. But when I was uh, modifying this, as I came in, I was doing a group tuning. So this was more in line with kind of an, a, group, a group adrenal reset. And uh, I was open to what would happen. And I had a surrogate stone that I was working with um, where I set the group in there. And I really just started tuning the adrenals and being in the um, medical profession and this was right about the beginning stirrings of you know what we're seeing now in our world forum and um, this you know virus and and all of that and so there was a lot of uh, chaos kind of happening on the front lines uh, and so as I came in it just kind of <clears throat> it was uh, kind of a discovery as I tuned into the adrenals that they are very much like our first responders you know, again, as above, so below, everything that is manifest is, is being broadcast. And I thought, wow, these guys must get really tired. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I was tired physically as a nurse. And I was thinking, gosh, they are the first responders in the body. And we really need to nurture them and um, allow them to rest and give them that kind of reboot and allow that charge to, to kind of uh, develop again you know we get completely depleted we plug in get recharged and so that's how I worked with the group um, it's a little bit different uh, in <clears throat> as far as field dynamics when we're working with a group and a surrogate but our intention and our discoveries and our curiosities remain the same as well as the space that we stay in this very grounded centered space allowing what comes forward to, to come forward and then working with it uh, it was quite profound for a, a lot of people. And, you know, just as a coincidence, you know, where I'm starting to teach virtual practitioner training now online. And uh, even just today, I'm teaching a class. And what are we going to talk about? Adrenal resets. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's absolutely in the field. It's coming up more and more. And uh, it's a, a beautiful adjunct, I think, and, and way to tune someone to really give um, Kind of the, a whole a wholesome approach 
to tuning and working with the body. And the beautiful thing uh, about working with the organs is what I was going to say earlier, uh, when you are doing remote or distance tuning, is that you can pull an organ out. You can pull the whole, the whole hologram of the organ. So now when I'm tuning an adrenal, yes, the body is there, but I pull that whole adrenal out. And so it's, it's kind of fun to look at anatomy, you know, a, a map of anatomy. So you can kind of, for your own personality or uh, in the tuning, kind of get a picture of what it actually looks like. But I bring forth the hologram and I really work with that organ. And I can put the forks right on the organ right i can kind of sandwich it or hold it and it's fascinating and it's kind of that kind of the same way in an ancestral river or what i love doing in uh, the the double layer membrane at the edge of the field is opening that up and i even just did this yesterday with a client um, who had kind of a, a interesting gestational period and i just brought that forward in the hologram mm -hmm. opened it up and actually worked with each trimester Wow. You know, so you can blow, you know, kind of pull to focus and kind of yeah, like what that you're expanded with. view, like that expanded of, view, mm -hmm. like a whole other way of in a textbook or something like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And um, and because we're in, it's a hologram, you know, you can really work on the adrenal or with the forks or really work on the heart. It's it's and no, when you're doing that, it is such um, such integral work. It really does require uh, a, a huge amount of integrity, of grounding, of centering, of responsibility, of uh, kind of letting go and letting be what is. Uh, and it, because you are working, now you have this, you know, kind of uh, amplified view, just almost like when even in class when we would bring a crystal out and we would say, okay, everybody breathe, right? It's this amplified version. We have a responsibility to move this energy now that we've brought it forward, right? Yeah. And work with it. And so really just know that, um, yeah, I take it in a very um, almost sacred way when I'm doing work like that. It's mm -hmm. a privilege. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as a nurse, it's just a, a beautiful way to work with the body. And as tuners, you can do that. And yeah. so it's lovely. That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, all kinds of ways to work in the field as you start to tune. And you'll discover all kinds of new, con potentially new constructs. Yeah. New things that start to move. And I encourage people, just like I was talking to Jillian today about this dropping into the back all of a sudden, maybe what humanity needs is, you know, a lot of back, a lot of receiving work. Yes. Yeah, receiving themselves, receiving those parts of themselves that have been hidden you know, receiving their own virtues, their own gifts, and that of the collective. And so maybe it's time that we work on the back a lot. You know, yeah, right? keep that in mind, everybody. Yeah, That's but my back talkers tuned yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. And so t when you find something new, and it's a discovery and a curiosity, reach out to this community and say, hey, what are you finding? Have you found this? And I would would bet that other folks are finding the same thing. See, things seem to happen kind of in these um, morphic fields, right? And these, they come through to, to, the, to the whole, the wholeness of us, uh, many of us at once. And so in that way, it is such a collaborative and shared adventure. And there's really no ownership of anything, mm -hmm. which is quite beautiful. Yes, that's what I love about it. Yeah. Shared. Mm -hmm. Shared, yeah. Yeah, and Eileen's done such a great job of doing that. If, just, you know, she, you know, she made the protocol because it was, it was sort of, it was essential for teaching how to do it, but she's always open to new discoveries and encourages us to be open as well. Yeah. I mean, I know we're one whole collective, but I wouldn't be aware of so many cells, you know, and I say cells and selves right uh i wouldn't know so many if we weren't all supposed if i wasn't supposed to know this many and help each other yeah. right so we're all coming together for definitely uh, a reason I yeah think, purpose so awesome well thank you so much Lori. i'm so glad you're part of this community and you have so much to offer and i know everybody oh. else is too just listening 
Thank you, Jill. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate every single every single person that's bringing uh, more coherence to the field, to humanity, to themselves at large. And uh, yeah, keep doing it. Just just a tuning, just one tuning adds such an exponential mm. kind of light to the world. So you are you are really helping not only yourself, but others. Yeah. Act of kindness. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. All right. Okay, wait. Oh, before we go, how can people reach you? Um, well, my my email is Lori, L-O-R-I, at biofieldtuning.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you or so you much. On the website, the practitioner website, I'm listed there, but Lori at biofieldtuning.com will reach okay. you. Okay. Awesome. And I will link the their practitioner bio in the show notes so that um, everybody that's listening can just go down and click and and find out how to reach Lori or email her. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. Hey, Tuner, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving a review and subscribe so that you catch each episode as it publishes. Happy tuning!